Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Phase podcast brought to you by Predator Gaming. It's time for our second episode. So many of you responded to our first one that was clipped into two different pieces. So we got a lot of feedback on both of them. So thank you very much for that. Hopefully you'll join us in for some more fun on episode two. I'm your host, Milosh the Medic. With me are my two guests. My, I guess we, we'd like to call everybody friends of the show at this point. So welcome <laughs> friends of the show, Exer Troika and Demo. Lads, how are you doing? Thank you very much, Milosh. Um, thrilled to be here. It's not actually too long since we sat down as a three and had a conversation, um, especially in and around this week of Siege and what we've recently seen. Uh, and it's exciting to be back. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's uh, back again with another podcast. I can never escape this never-ending cycle of podcasts. <laughs> I, I've just been headlocked by them for the past, what, about three years now? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still here. And it's a new one now. God, this must be the 10th one. I think I'm in my history now. This is the official, unofficial one that uh, we're in, of course, brought to you by our great sponsor, Predator Gaming, that make it all happen. And like you both were saying, there has been a lot to talk about in podcasts, on Twitter, on every single point of social media there is out there because Six Charlotte Major just ended. By the time this is uh, out for the public to see, especially this first segment of the show, it had already been a few days since the end of the show or the end of the major itself. And uh, I mean, to to nobody's surprise, I guess not to mine, that's for sure. NA has won. Um, I know, I know. We we believed, but North America has gone through. Dark Zero are victorious. And that's obviously our first topic to go through today. Uh, we got wonderful guests to talk about, spe- uh, to talk with, especially later in our second second half of the podcast. But Dark Zero victory. Did, did this go through with your predictions, X and Demo? Because you guys were doing predictions every single day, right? <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, well, just I don't think there's... No, no, no. <laughs> Demo, I don't think there's actually any record of our predictions. Um, so they didn't exist. I was there. What are we, you talking about? I know that there's a record. Um, we... Yeah. We weren't alone, realistically. Mm. I, I really don't think that we were alone in doubting and almost just writing Dark Zero off in, in this major. Um, it was, you know, a fairly sort of widespread consensus. And it wasn't necessarily a slight or a diss against them as a team. It was more look at the other teams that are going mm-hmm. and look at like the, these guys are sort of storming into Charlotte in a ball of flames. You've got heroic stomping EU, W7M stomping Latam. And you just didn't really think that it was necessarily on the cards for little old Dark Zero to to plod the way through and to, and to make it all the way to the grand finals and win the thing. So... I don't. I don't think that we're. Uh, I don't think that we can be sort of told off for that, if you will, Milosh. Don't put us on we'll blast, please. Don't we'll put me on blast. That. 
We'll, we'll see about it. Demo, what are you? What about your predictions for all this? I uh, guess similar to, to what Ollie said, I think if you looked at that that group C, probably the toughest group uh, going into that event by far uh, in my eyes was that group. Like Ollie said, you've got Heroic who were top in the pops uh, mm -hmm. in Europe. You you would have thought that they'd come in, kind of bring that same form, maybe even do better in a land environment. Who knows? Uh, you got W7M who has literally had the the biggest jump in in form I've ever seen. I think of any team in this game. Mm. I, I never would you say that a team who almost got relegated last season would then go and finish first in their next mm -hmm. stage. N never been done. So I think you have to give them just that bit, you know, just that run of form. Um, doesn't matter if W7M, if the, the form then started to deteriorate as we go into stage two, but as long as they had that form going into the event, that's all that mattered to them. You've got G2. You think of the caliber of those players. You, you think of the history that, that all those players know what it's like to win on these big stages. And then you've got DZ who, let's be honest, just about got into into the top four in NA, just about got into that event, has never had a good track record of, of events. I've only really mm. had, what, that one grand final all the way back in Japan during 2019. And then other than that, it's just a couple of eighth place finishes. That That's all you can say about DZ. There wasn't really much going for them. And yeah, like mm. I said, I don't know if we can be faulted for that. Uh, I actually agree with you. You you really cannot be faulted for it. Who would have thought that an EU team would love to throw game after game after game and map after map? Which That's... one? <laughs> I was going to say, you take your pick here. Exactly. I mean, honestly, um, we, we will definitely dig into this in, in just a bit because, you know, Dark Zero winning all of this, I know it's it's it might be a surprise for a lot of people, but, you know, good for them, good for Canadian, of course, who has earned yet another trophy to put on his uh, on the pedestal. And now Dark Zero, has been, it's taken two years for a, a big trophy to be added now to the, I guess, trophy space that they may or may not have in dark zero it's going to have something very important that they won the first major back with an audience that is pretty important and the first major in north america since raleigh uh, we're not going to count montreal because canada might as well be another universe at this point and i wish we all were there to be honest all three of us because mm. then we could speak about things in a different way but even from home because you know, we're really watching through it, co-streaming also during the week. Hearing that crowd roaring, especially when you got North American teams, I honestly, it could not get any better than Dark Zero versus Astralis in a grand final in North America with an NA crowd. That everybody was on their feet. I loved it. Over 2,000 fans stocked all full in Charlotte. I think that... When I was watching day one and I was watching the sort of opening ceremony, if you will, of, of the of the whole event, um, I'm not sure if the crowd were ready for Ian. No, no. Ian I'll is be, a champ. Ian is incredible. And Ian. we've worked with him a couple of times um, on some sort of national stuff inside of the UK and then on some Challenger League stuff. And we're, we're actually really good friends as well. Like we'll hop in a, a voice call and stuff like that. And, and we'll have like a bit of a natter between us. And we even get, you know, we'll drag demo in there as well. When we were in Paris, we were dragging demo here, there and everywhere. He's one of the most infectious and fun people that I've ever met. And I don't think that that crowd was ready for that kind of hype because I know that it's, it's sort of, you know, we know that American fans and stuff like that. And particularly when you start dealing with like big audiences and big stage, you know, they get rowdy, they get hyped. Yeah. Like that's that's what it's all about. It's about that sort of over the top excitement. And Ian brings it, but in like a slightly different way. 
and you could almost see that the crowd were a bit like this isn't like usual you know like, we're, like this is going to be a bit different this weekend and then by the end of it it was just electric and you get to see a couple of like the behind the scenes videos of like stuff that we don't get to see as the viewer at home it doesn't get sent on out on twitch because it's an entirely different experience when you are there all the time you don't just close your eyes and the camera stop rolling and you know open them again after the break you're literally there the whole time and and there's, there's things going on in that moment as well um i think that it was it looked electric and it was probably a good job to be honest that we got a couple of na teams in the grand finals because it, it really built into that and i think it was just a great storyline overall you know the script writers have done fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> a demo yeah uh, you seem to have something to say i, I don't see i'm on the fence because i don't know if i want to praise ian i don't know Whoa. if i should give him it i don't what? know why wow. ian is cool. I, even I, like... Even I, it's, it's so difficult because I, I can't I can't give him that you know I just just because it's Ian just because it is Ian that is Why? Uh, oh, <laughs> that's, that's just that's just wrong come on I was that's look, the relationship me and Ian have that's look, just it look, no look, no look, uh, it, no look, it, it was supposed to be look even even for me I was supposed to to be there and then I couldn't and I was so happy when Face had told me hey we understand the situation we just really would like to to have someone mm-hmm. and they let me know that it's ian and for me this is just oh my god i've heard Mm -hmm. so much about ian and seen so much of him in siege and Valorant and so many other games that he's kind of into and hosting around i want to see him with this crowd because they definitely will not be ready after i've heard all the stories from both of you and on the first day it's friday fridays for main events there's not a ton of people yeah. It's when there's the weekend, the Saturday, the Sunday. That's when it's really full. And my God, it was it was fantastic. It was infectious. Even though we're what like four thousand miles away from the venue itself, completely worth it. Loved it. I, UK major one demo. I, that that's another thing that we have to get onto. And I think if you think that's what Ian's like in front of an NA crowd, God oh God help us, what he would do yeah. in his own country. Um. Ian, Ian is is a nutcase from all from all accounts. What you see is what you get. What you see on stage is what you get outside of stage. Me and Ollie know that all too well. Uh, I, I remember, remember Ian said, "Yeah, he's going through it. He was nervous. He, he was very, I, you know, he, he was obviously." I think I think if you if you're not nervous, you're on the wrong stage. I yeah. agree with you, hundred percent. He, he's nervous going into it. The guy hasn't stage host an esport event since the first one he did back in manchester 2019 19 yeah something like that so it's been a long time since ian was able to do stage hosting i never had any worries with him no never never any worries whatsoever he can be nervous as much as he want i know he'll go in there and he'll do his job uh and he's done that to, to the best that, that he possibly could i think he left all out there uh mm-hmm. why am i talking as if he just played like 90 minutes for champions League final <laughs> <laughs> that was what i'm talking about there. <laughs> no, but uh but no it I, does I, feel I like it yeah. I, I love Ian. stage for those like 10 15 minutes it feels like you've gone through an entire football game that you played mm. because especially yep. when you're anxious mm-hmm. and you have to deal with all of that mm-hmm. that goes for talent that goes for players that goes even for a lot of audience members because let's keep mm-hmm. in mind this is the first time a lot of people in the audience have ever been to an event like this so you don't know how to mm-hmm. like properly yeah get into it uh, right? and that that's where ian's so good because i think ian is so comfortable that's the kind of, I think he's the host that you can just take to immediately. So comfy. You know, I, I think the best way to sum up Ian was he goes on the Sunday uh, for signing sessions mm-hmm. and then he got people to sign him. I know. He wanted their, 
Like, <laughs> I saw that. It was mental. That's, that, that's the best way to sum up Ian. He's not there for him. He's there for everyone else's entertainment. Mm -hmm. That's why he, he cares about everyone else. That's just the way he is. Um, and I think as well for Ian, obviously going in as a host role, and Ian, he does a lot of different things. Busy, busy guy. Doesn't yep. have the same intellect of Siege as much as what you know, some of the usuals do compared to, to people who play it every single day. But Ian is always looking for storylines. He's always looking for what's the main gist. He'll go and ask everyone. He'll do his interviews. He'll do his prep. He's very, very thorough. All because he maybe doesn't know the team at the same caliber of other people doesn't mean he still can't go and, and deliver the same caliber as if he did. Mm. The guy's still very ready for it. You know, he's, he's meticulous in that. He's always wanting to know as much as he can. And I completely echo that. If someone is also going into like different projects and all, be like going to a space that you're not an expert in, that's it's daunting. You're anxious because you're like, oh my god, do my thirty pages of preparation? Mm -hmm. Are there enough for what I'm trying to do? When it's just well, like he, three he doesn't need to be intellectual. You know, he's a stage host. He, he like the whole thing about stage host, in my opinion, is you are there to get emotions, feelings, mm. and hype and everything up. Yeah. Let the desk deal with the, oh, look at this breakdown. Oh, tell me about this play. That, that's one thing I want the Dean to stay away from. Let the desk do that. Just all I want to know is how are these people feeling? I'll ask, oh, I want to hear the trash talk. I want to hear all that. Leave that. Oh, that desk. Canadian and, and interview. That's, that, that's what Ian needs to do. I think that's the perfect way to do it. That's the process. Okay, trust just, the process. Is get that energy out mm -hmm. of the players and build. Give us, give us you know, the the excitement we want let us know these players let us know these especially for a lot of those players first time on stage you yep. think of iconic first big uh, international stage for him we got to know him he is as cool as anyone he is ice if you looked at his interviews and we managed to get that because ian was so good at it yeah there you go ian you can add this to your reel um you you can't you know talk about the subject without mentioning you know the the audience the new players because back in the day like when i'm saying back in the day like two-ish years ago you know we got land events every couple months there's a land event there's like what six seven eight of them and that's not even counting regionals that are happening mm -hmm. all the time so people came in had their experience and then you played your regional you played your national and then you went into eu league or you know back then in pro league and then moved on got to your promotion all that so you had people that actually gathered experience relatively quickly versus what you have now. And now these new players you talk about iconic, like the, you know, the entirety of teams that actually made it. So liquid G2, DZ, team one, Astralis, Xset, OXG and BDS, like getting back to all of this and seeing what a crowd is like half of the players that are among all of these eight teams have never been on a stage before. So it just shows you as a testament to the sustainability of Rainbow Six is general as an esports. So there's mm -hmm. always new blood coming and there's yeah. new blood being explored, a lot of talent being scouted out, mm -hmm. and them finally getting the opportunity to show themselves off in front of a big crowd. And hopefully now that we're coming back to crowds and having more and more, I'm I'm very excited for the next year and more of competition because we get to see audiences again. And for those that have never been to an audience, if there's ever a Rainbow Six event anywhere near you, like even three, four hours flight away from you, just go to it because it's nothing like you've ever been to. It really is. It, it, we, we really treat each other as like a really big but close family. So highly recommend you go through and you meet a lot of the teams because teams, players, all of that, they, they want to welcome everybody to it. They still haven't gotten the proper experience, in my opinion, that, they're, that they really sh deserve and should get. And speaking of, 
who deserved what or you know could do what uh let's talk about the regions that really struggled at uh at the major because it's it's quite clear na dominated uh in their own major that's it they did well they were just a cut above the rest and it showed but apac eu and latam disappointing in many ways and to preface all of this obviously elevate could not make it to the event that's one thing that you can't change and that also adds on to team one although three of them eventually made it um you know having fury w7m uh, playing from mexico i know the life of people that need visas i completely know how unfair it is and i think most people will echo the same thing but i just understand that not many people actually realize what you know visas entail but i'm just happy that the players got you know to play as close as possible despite the fact that the us is huge and you can't really get as close as possible to all of this but whatever we got it we also got team 1 on the stage they had three players and then cardboard cutouts also yep. with them that was great yeah so we're going to show that later on we got a photo of it to pull up uh, I wish I could turn around and say, I'll oh, pull it up, Jamie, but we we, we can't do that. Here. <laughs> you think uh, you're Joe? <laughs> no, I do not want to do that. Not in any universe will you ever find that. Um, but about APAC struggles overall, I want to look at Dire Wolves, which yep. you know, we, we talked about, and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Demo, I'm going to I'm gonna kick you off on that hornet's nest because uh, you had a thing or two to say about these. Yeah, APAC uh, going into it was... Already a little bit weird for APAC because there were some regulars who weren't there. You're missing Sandbox, and I think you're missing Damon Kiev. Those are two mm. teams that, that we didn't see that we're used to seeing at these international events now. Um, so already that was going to give APAC a bit of a bit, a bit of struggle. Um, then the Elevate thing comes in. Arguably, out of those four teams that were going, I would have said Elevate would have been the strongest APAC team. So straight away, best APAC, APAC team going to the event is gone. So already we're not even seeing that. And then that leaves us with direwolves, who, for the most part, are a relatively unknown quantity because they are very new, and it's never going to be easy for them. And uh, I think we've seen that. You know, they struggle going up against the likes of Auction and and Team One. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then you look at at Cyclops, who I was really surprised at because I felt this event for Cyclops, they've went, I think, a step back from where I think they should be. I I believe Cyclops coming out of SI, I think they, they looked good. I think uh, everyone enjoyed watching their siege. They go into APAC North. I don't think they delivered to where no. they needed to in APAC North. Then they, they get to this event. They just, you know, they get into it, which, like we've mentioned, big teams there like Dan Wonky and Sandbox not making it, but Cyclops is. You expect more out of Cyclops. And I think Cyclops, with the group that they were in, they had a they had a, had a good shot of getting getting out of that group. Sure, Lakewood, I think, was always going to be a given, getting out of Group B. But mm-hmm. then you look at the other two teams. You've got Exit, very little experience in that roster. Cyclops is a lot more. You would say that Cyclops, with the experiences they've had and the international events they've been to, they should be beating out Exit. Same goes for Fury. Again, a team which has made roster changes, yeah. new experience for these players. You think about it's... We'll get to him uh, with Fury whenever <laughs> we talk about the last <laughs> teams. Um, but I-, I think Cyclops, they should have done a lot better in that group. Uh, I think they've taken a step back with where they were at and, and i think the seeds that they've shown us they should be getting see, better with all this experience i don't necessarily even think that they've taken a step back i just think that they stood still they've not changed anything like they just try and play the same seeds they were trotting out two years ago a year SI ago 21 yeah, yeah si 21 is... like they're playing the same siege and it's 
Siege has changed. Siege, Siege changes every single update. It changes even more now, mm-hmm. given that there's no quarantine, which I'm sure we'll get into oh, we in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just think that you know, it's the classic, you know, target on the back. Okay, this is a team that we really need to specifically prep for because it's going to be very different to the other prep that we can do for other teams, which is, you know, 70% applicable to all, if you will, because these are the general things that we're going to expect everybody to do. Cyclops don't really do all of those usually. So you have to really, you know, target that focus. Um, yeah, I, I just don't even necessarily think they've taken a step back. I just think that they stood still. As a, as a region as a whole, um, I think that Chiefs, obviously, oh, and six. Yeah, really didn't perform. Mm. Um, you know, they, they got a few rounds here and there, but I mean, is that them or is that their opponent? Just you know, a, a moment in a lapse in judgment. Um, you've just got to really look at it and think. I think that APAC looked better sort of six to eight months ago when we were talking about SI and we were looking at Damon yeah, Kier and look, we were thinking yeah. like, you know, all these, these guys We didn't major play. SI, APAC was like, yeah, finally, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Koreans into the semifinal at Sweden. You thought, okay, finally, we've got APAC rocking and rolling and yeah. back to square one, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the teams that you expect to be here, at least if you're looking back, like you said, uh, Sweden major uh, in Yevle and uh, SI-22, you're like, okay, well, here are the contenders. We know who they're supposed to be. And it seems like they stagnated in the meantime. Yeah. And then absolutely choked every opportunity they were given to make it to this event. Um, So you can throw excuses all you want on Twitter. And and hell, you know that they did. But when you got this sort of situation where you're getting multiple chances because of your position in the league, you should get it. You can't mm. keep relying on excuses when you're supposed to come here. And we're not thinking about you qualifying. This goes to Damon Kia and Sandbox. Like, we're not thinking about you qualifying to a major. We're thinking, can you make it beyond the quarterfinals? That's how much you, we're you giving credit. You to be there. Yeah, that's it. Mm. It's just... Mm-hmm. And even ah. if you if you look at Damon Kia, you can even say, we expect them to always be out of groups. Sandbox, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, 50-50. But Damon Kia going out in groups, for example, that would blow your mind if it was this event. But they weren't even yeah. there to make it. So mm-hmm. modern, you know, modern problems require modern solutions. So they really went for it. It's exactly the same as what Brazil's went through at the moment as well, mm-hmm. um, which is what, what me and Ollie have kind of seen from this stage. I think that... Whilst Brazil has gone through something similar, I believe that there are still the fundamentals there. Um, you know, you look at Liquid, they're just, right. at what point do they just become a journeyman org? You know, you, you you start talking about boxing and stuff like that, and you've always got like the up and coming champ. And to get to be that up and coming champ, you just got to fight a load of career long boxers that are never going to win the big title. They're never going to be heavyweight champion but they're going to have 600 fights over the course of the career and then they're going to go, you know, 300 and 300 sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's the point now that we've almost getting to with some of these teams. And it isn't just limited to Liquid. You know, you look toward a BDS. team like BDS as well. I, you, you beat me to it, Milos, but you knew <laughs> where this was going. Yeah. And and you've got to question, you like, are these just journeyman teams, journeyman orgs that are just going to trudge along through and every now and then they'll get close, but it never quite converts because that's certainly what it feels like liquid throughout the group stage were fantastic. And it's not that they weren't fantastic against dark zero in the semis, but, or in the quarter, sorry, 
but it was just the semis. Yeah, right. it was that was it the semis it was that dark zero clutch factor um and it was almost at that point that you looked at them and went they're probably just going to win it like it just seems like the vibe is that they are going to win it at this point um and your heart's got to go out to liquid i mean nip I don't even think that we can. We've not got long don't enough. Don't get demo into that. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. We haven't got long enough. Um, all I'm going to ha- say is Disneyland. That's all I'm. That's the only the, thing I'm going to say. That's the it. hard drives would fill up. We would fill up all the hard drives in the world before demo had finished. Fair. That's a, that's a team that's broken his heart. No phase. Um, phase again. That was a big surprise. Massive, massive surprise. Huge surprise. No, MIBR. No yeah. Mm-hmm. So MIBR. I'm less surprised at. I'll be honest. Are with you though? Look at how they played SI. With, Come with on. Team one. Like. like Team one should have never. Team been one there. was the biggest surprise. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I, I I gotta say this. Team one. The fact that with all players playing Mexico, they still made it, and then they got three out of five, including their coach that stayed. You know, their coach was stayed stayed back in Mexico with two players. Three players made it over to Charlotte, and they arrived. They beat Dark Zero and Cafe Dostoevsky seven three. Yes, they lose the series at the end, but the fact that they did all of that. This is a team that it was me, Des, and Ace that interviewed Lagonas before they traveled to Charlotte and or before they were kind of as preparing to the major. And Lagonas saying, you know what? I just, when the team imploded uh, around the, at the time of SI, I just looked at teams in the B series of City Bay in Brazil, picked mm-hmm. up four players because we could mold them. And we never expected we'd made it you know, here so quickly, but we did, and it's already a surprise. So the fact they made it to the quarters, mm. that is mm-hmm. an incredible yeah. achievement yeah. for Team 1. They should be proud. I, I yeah. think they should be. And anything after that was just, you know, anything after getting out of groups for them bonus. was a bonus. bonus. And just being at the event, I think, yeah. was just... But I mean, it. Well, it's, it's, credit to, it's credit to a couple of people. It's credit to Lagonis mm-hmm. for a start, building the team, mm-hmm. and then having the the sort of the bottle to take these players out to America when they get the visas sorted, because I, I don't know if they'd been before, but typically it's, you know, it's not something that you do every day is go to America and these kids are quite young. So I would imagine it's, they're going to be their first or second time. So, and for Lagonis to be like, Nope, don't worry. Come with me. Like I'll, I will take you sort of thing. Not going as like a full org and traveling as like a big safety. Sounds like he's the dad and, and no, but it is. But, that, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of situation we're in here. And then big shout out to team one for getting it done. Because yep. while those games were being played and the team has got all the pressure of winning the group stage behind the scenes, someone is surely sorting visas out and making sure that everything's here, everything's there, and the players will have to have involvement in that as well, all while playing the competition when they just want to be laser-focused on what they're doing, I think that they've done it exceptionally well. Yeah, given the pressure that they were under 100%, and like I said like 20 minutes ago, as someone who knows the ins and outs of visas in general, let me tell you, it's not about I just fill in the paper and I drop Mm. it in and they call me by the end of the week or in a couple of days. That's not how it works. You can't even pay your way through it. It's it's it could be months, especially with the US, with the US visas, and it, this got exponentially worse with COVID and with everything happening in the world. Of course, we're not alone in this world. Uh, it it really put big pressure, and suddenly, uh, even Gorgona couldn't believe it. You know, yeah. he he got his uh, his visa to go because Bulgaria is not part of the. I guess travel system so you can't just like UK citizens for example just go online fill out an ESTA and then you know make honestly from what I've seen people filling out no matter where they're from 
they fill out half the form completely wrong and they still get their ESTA done. Let me tell you, if Gorgona did not fill out that application and send a bazillion papers, support documents perfectly, he wouldn't have gotten anything. And this is from experience. So he got it and literally gets the call three days before the event. And I sent him a message, is everything okay? He's like, I can't believe it, dude. They just call me. I don't know how all of this works. I just got a call from the embassy. Go get your visa. You know, get your ass to the U.S. Hey, that was almost all the strings. Honestly, that was the start of the copium as well for EU. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Like, oh, because yo, we were Gorg like, is there. Let's go. It's a sign. It says Gorg's got a visa, and then he goes into MPL that week, and he just drops numbers. Benja's nowhere to be seen. Gorg's at the top with like twenty kills and two deaths or something mental, and you're just like. He's just using all that frustration that he's yeah. he's gonna he's just gonna go and run through the entirety of America. He's not even gonna fly. He's just gonna run on run across the water, <laughs> run across the Atlantic. I mean, and, the way you say yeah. it is, if he didn't play an MPL, he you know he would have held all that frustration until the major, and mm-hmm. actually heroic made it through. So that is that copium? Yes, it is. It one hundred percent is. I'm getting high. Whichever way you want to, whichever way you want to cut it, isn't it? It's How do you like trans- to take your copium before or after? This is this is a good transition, I think, to move in for EU. Uh, yes. I, I think we were actually fairly confident with the four dooms that we sent. I think we were you the four and I, I would say yeah. I mean, who? Well, I mean, who else would you have been more comfortable going with than those four teams? I mean, okay, given given that caveat, like yes, we we sent our best, but. I didn't think that our best were going to do too much. That's my point. Even BDS? Yes. Even BDS. Uh, my money was on Liquid. I, I completely agree. I thought Liquid, Oxygen, Grand Final, which mm. honestly, not far away, because those mm. semis were heated. But, I mean, let's... let's. I mean, the show match was less heated. heated. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's not look at Estrella's OXG. But, uh, you know, getting getting to, to the tournament, a lot of people would have just seen, holy hell, this actually is a possibility. So not far mm. away from the prediction. Um, it's just NA surfed the crowd and played it perfectly. And this is something that you can't really, you know, underestimate in this way. There's no real way to quantify it. It's like when people say, oh, you know, this team carried over, over the momentum from map one to two. What the hell does that even mean? Nobody knows, but you just say it because there's no way to quantify it. But it's just a vibe. It's a feeling, you know, it's just... You have the chutzpah for it. I, I think you go into that event, you look at Europe, and Group C was obviously the one we were going to be drawn to because we had not only Heroic, who at the time was the best European side, but also G2. Mm-hmm. Uh, G2 was probably the biggest question mark team. I think you could kind of look at the other teams and you could see how they would kind of go. You expect BDS get out of groups. Has Wolves shown us enough during international events to believe that they can get out of groups? I don't think at the time they did, especially with Astralis in that group. Um, who I'm sure we'll still get on to mention. Um, and then I think for Heroic, it was going to go one or two ways. They would go in, continue that form, stomp everyone. Wow, look at these guys. Or because it is their first big international LAN event, they would struggle. And well, the, the latter happened to them. But G2 was always going to be the question mark. So many talks about this team. You know, it's been the who's, most talked about G- team this stage. Who's, who's G2? I thought that they had an official announcement that they were renaming themselves to Heroic GG Fan Club. Because honestly, G two could not have make it made it to this major if it weren't for heroic beating Rogue, smashing Rogue, by the way, in that day. And 
they wouldn't have made it through <laughs> into the quarterfinals if it wasn't for heroic, you know, can well I, canning it until the time that even that day we well, were all sitting down and talking and saying to, to be if fair, they lose the qualification they're gonna win the next game that to be fair that that whole thing with with the the day three of group stages with g2 already in before they played the last two matches because they knew they played did they play the full strength you can use that argument against oh, that on, one so strats, are we gonna do that again they played border do you know that you know that's their throwaway was They're playing, playing border, Ying and know, like... sucks in general but that's so that, I mean, that but what is terrible but <laughs> I, I, I look at g2 and obviously there's going to be so much criticism everyone wants to hate this team don't know why everyone wants to hate them um this team you look at the caliber of the players that they brought in they bring in three world-class players who are playing prime siege whenever they get picked up you expect to see immediate results. I mean, we've seen that from G2. They got top four. Is that not immediate results already going mm -hmm. to a major? Like, the, the whole issue with, with G2, if you look at uh, the end of, of, of last year, look at stage three of last year, you know, they were struggling. They didn't make into the top four. And now they've immediately, with the, this new roster in the first season, they've got top four. They got out of groups. They got top eight in their first time. I know people will probably sit there and think, I know there's a certain Swedish man who's very critical <laughs> of this team. Um, and you know, he'll sit there and say that for the caliber of these players in this team, it's not good enough. It's not going to be built in a day. You have to give Harry. these rosters time. You have Harry. to give these rosters time. I, I would like to, to add to this, the fact that G2 at this point have had so many changes in rosters. When you go out as a player that has won a major and won the hearts and minds of many people around the globe, and you say, we're here to build a dynasty. That is a lot for you to say. It's only the first stage. You have to give these teams a Wait. certain period. We always judge it off six months. I was critical about Liquid at the time whenever they brought in Asking Resets. Yeah. But then you said, Ollie, give them time. We have to yeah. give players time. Right. And that's but a Asking great Reset example. Had no experience in comparison to the players on G2. But it's not necessarily about the experience because we know that together. we know that Doki can play, we know that Alamal yeah. can play, we know that Prano can play. Like we know these players are good that they've recently picked up. It's just about time. It just and comes down just to time. Choking every single stop over peaking. How many the thing were it, you like, just watching and you're like, why? Did right, you I'm guessing that? you're talking about the Doki thing. The Doki. So so the Doki thing was everybody. The Doki thing was a miscom. Yeah, Doki thing. Was, yep. was was a it was a miscall or a mis a misunderstood call. It was basically just a bad communication between. I think it was between Citizen and Doki. Citizen said something, one thing. Mm -hmm. Doki understood it as the other. Yep. Then got himself caught out on the hatch. It's the accents, but it's not the accents. <laughs> no, These guys have played together. together for years before, man. Come on, hey, see, look, he's one of them. He wants G two to fail. He wants yeah. G like why no. can we as an EU region? Right, uh, listen. Who's given Milosh a platform if, here? If we're talking about EU. <laughs> If we are talking about EU as a region, right, yeah, and we say that we at the moment we haven't been playing well, you look at this G2 side, nobody can say that these five are not great players, okay? Instead of, instead of pulling them down and just getting on their backs <laughs> at every single thing they do, and it's only their first stage, why are we not giving this team support? If we believe that this team can be the greatest, why not give them time? In six months' time, if they're still not winning championships, then sure, have at it. But in these early stages, you need to back the team. You need to back the team. You Demo. cannot go out after a team after, after such little time. You can't. Harry, I would like to pull out one of your own tweets. Uh, <laughs> the the Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen from was it SI twenty twenty? 
that that you posted you know what are you mm-hmm. and, and idiot yep. sanders says okay i would like to post or you know pull that up at some point and just to inform <laughs> you that I have been shilling for eu since 2016 and they would did well until they crashed and burned and i will still be behind europe forever because i'm le- legally required to it's literally built into my contract i cannot not root for eu in any way shape or form but we have to be critical also of the mistakes that happen. It is a difference between tearing people down and then saying or saying, we expect to be better. You you did well, but the mistakes were very obvious. Mm-hmm. And those should be better. So you got to work on them. Well, here's the those question. are the here's, same here's mistakes the question we you. saw earlier. Are, yeah. Are you going to give them more time? Do you think, oh, well, this I is everything to Or are you? I have thank to. You. Then that, that's all we needed to hear. I have to. We need, what do you we think need, I'm going to turn to around believe and them? Because I mean, we all know. We, we all know. I know that Fresh has been a big advocate saying that they have the potential to be the best team in the world. Like, we know that. We know they can do it. I mean, G2 so is not going to sign a team. G2 Esports is not going to sign a squad mm-hmm. that doesn't have the potential to 100%. be the best in the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlos, that's of how course. it works. Mm-hmm. I dread to think how the conversations are going to go for BDS and Heroic now, given uh-huh. that as rosters, they've been together as a whole for longer. Uh, look, I will, I will say Heroic's major change having Uno on there actually is more substantial than you think. Um, Uno did not perform well in terms of pure performance, pure numbers during the major. Uh, but in terms of comms, there's the things that you can't read. Mm-hmm. He still performed mm-hmm. better than Super did at events, but that's a question for another day. Benji let me down, I'll be honest. I thought yes. Benji was going to hit the ground running. Uh, I think yep. if you look at what he's done since he's came into that to that side, he's he's terrorized EU at the moment. Mm-hmm. He has he's he's seen some of the stuff he's been doing. What, and what, what do you think happened then? Because because you're expecting... first line jitters. I don't know. Yeah, many many things. Nerves. Game nerves. It's in ears not working. <laughs> That, yeah, he, he, he did tweet saying anybody's in ears work. Uh, from what I was seeing, a lot of the I delays that we had man. were literally just mm-hmm. can I, I can't hear. Yep. You know, so even so. Uno is I, I could see everything on the on the camera. So it's a it's a learning experience from for, for heroic. Obviously, first big event. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for some of these players. And yeah. it just what's the bounce back? Where do they go from here? It, are they it's not it's not a case I think they'll still do well on online. Mm-hmm. It's the case of are they only going to be going to be considered an, on, an online team? That's where now we start looking at. Okay, you can do this week in week out online, but if you don't do it at the LAN events, that means nothing in reality. Yeah, they played best of ones also in. in yeah, that, and that's the big. Yeah, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. another layer of there's really something big going on. We need to fix. So take time yeah. to rest. I think that's mm-hmm. very important. Take a couple of weeks to breathe. You guys deserve the rest. And they are resting. I saw, you know, Uno posting on Instagram and everything. So they're they're having fun. They're chilling. It's very necessary. But then after, you know, 10 days, two weeks of resting, let's come back. Let's get back into it and make sure that we can keep this rolling because there's potential. But you guys are young. You don't have as much experience. And, you know, this is, this is true for players. This is true for talent also. Like when you go in your first ever event, you don't really know how to prepare yourself. No. And how to handle the even the sleep schedule, even how do you deal with, um, uh, how do you say with um, jet, jet lag? All of these things, and like you have to prepare yourself a few days in advance and have the don't forget equipment. heroics travel as well. I'm sure everyone's seen the social media what those oh, guys horrendous. have to go through. Yeah. So mm. that's one of the US, biggest things. 
UX yeah. sucks for all of this, honestly. It really does. They didn't even get like free hotel room for the night when they were when they're yeah the, the flight got cancelled they got screwed mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's something that is off, it often goes unsaid is that you know when you're traveling to an event when we say it's a player's first time at an event i think a lot of people just think oh it's the first time they're sitting on a on, on a bench uh, you know in that sort of formation playing in front of a crowd or playing on a stage sort of thing but mm-hmm. it's everything else that goes in with that you know you're not at home you're in a hotel which is isn't it's never as comfortable as your house. Doesn't matter where you stay, unless you stay like mega, mega, mega. But th- these aren't those hotels. These are very comfortable hotels usually, but they're not always they're not as comfy as you bed at home. Mm-hmm. You've then got the travel, and the timescales involved are always quite tight because no one wants to be hanging around for days before, and no one wants to be hanging around for days afterwards. So usually you're in, you're playing, and then you're out, and that's mm-hmm. it. And it can be very difficult. You know, you think about times that you've taken a flight or a long trip or something like that. You're lying on a beach, you're relaxing, you're sat there by the pool drinking a margarita. That isn't this. You know, you're literally coming out of it and it's like, bang, straight into rehearsals as talent or bang, straight into practicing and setting up your your PCs, your SSDs. You've got two SSDs that you've got to keep separate. You know, there's one you can't Mm -hmm. touch. There's one that you practice. There is so much that goes into it. And I think for a team like Heroic, where that's going to be a really new experience for everyone apart from Uno, it's something that you look at and go, yeah, you, you can kind of get it now. Why, you know, we're not seeing them at the best. But guess what? They've got it for next time. And I think that as a whole, the, all the trials and tribulations that they've been through in terms of travel, whilst it's probably not ideal, it was probably quite character building, probably a little bit of team building there as well. You know, you you're working together to solve a problem. You're seeing people at their absolute worst, you know, tired, no sleep, oh, yes. hungry, frustrated, you know, emotional because they, they just want to get home and, and things haven't been going there. You get to see your teammates at their, at their absolute worst there. So you're really going to learn a lot about them. So I think it's like a bonding experience. It's probably been quite good for them as a team, mm-hmm. even I if mean, it wasn't ideal. X, you got to see Demo at his worst at every event you guys have been to together. So that, mm. you know, built it up between you. This is Demo at his best. Look at him go. It's pretty hard. Every just I can never go a day without just I get just kicked constantly. <laughs> just poke the bear. Why don't you? Poke the bear. Poke the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, finally, Wolves and BDS uh from EU. Mm-hmm. A lot of expectations on BDS. Wolves, not as much. Um, you know, they they got close, but I don't think too many people, especially in this group, pegged them to, you know, get out of it. Just because Astralis was in there, I think that was always going to be the, the scary team. Um, BDS getting out of groups, no surprise, really, for me. I think they were expected. But to be fair, after the first day, I was a little bit shaken by BDS because Astralis came in and 7 to them. I had never seen BDS being thrown around in that fashion before. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit a little bit worried about them. Uh, Wolves, on the other hand, uh, they they did make some mistakes. Uh, I think they, they played against Astralis, uh, was it the first day? They were sitting like, was it 6 Eight, 4? Seven, went to it, it. Yeah, I think they were 6 4 up against Astralis and then he just threw it away. Yeah. Um, that, that was the day where we seen Mowgli in the, on his first debut get like, was it 19 kills and an ace? Other than that game, Mowgli was, was MIA. I'll be honest. Like, uh, that, there were three players who I really wanted to see how they do online and that, or online, and that was, um, that was going to be Benja, who I don't think did. Uh, Mowgli, who apart from one game, I don't think did, and Iconic, who certainly did. Um, those are the three rookies for me that I wanted to see how they perform, 
And for Mowgli, apart from that first game, he just couldn't click. Just couldn't click at all. And Wolves as a whole, it's I don't I don't know what it is. It feels that this team has been kind of stuck in time for for quite a while. It seems to be the same siege, similar to Cyclops, just the same thing over and over again. And no real change. You know, they bring in Mowgli, who, as we know, has so much talent as a young French gunner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just seems to be it's a case of they just let Mowgli off, just go do what you want. And Mowgli just goes and does, does what he wants. And we know that that's always going to be a risky style of siege because as soon as somebody catches on Mowgli mm-hmm. and they have Mowgli's number, Mowgli can go 19 and 2. We know that. But then we can also see him go 2 and 19. That's that's the, the trade-off, and that's a big risk for a team if you want to play that type of siege. You got Wolves, Wolverhampton Wolves in X. Was this a surprise to kind of see them picked up by I was you know, the esports mm. division mm. of a football team in the UK? It came, I mean, it came out of nowhere, didn't yeah. it? For, at least for us, obviously, it'll have been in dis- they've not just woken up one day and gone, ah, we'll have them. Um, you know, it's, 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 I imagine it's something that they've taken a little bit of time to decide. But it's great that they got picked up just before the event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, perfect timing for Wolves as a as an org, you know, to pick up a team. And it's like, oh, what have you got on the horizon? Oh, we're actually going to America next week. Brilliant. You know, it's probably a big Shout selling point for a Michael team Michael Moriarty, LFO. by the way, the esports director... Uh, at uh, at Wolves, uh, who is a veteran of the UK esports scene, especially mm. in Counter Strike back in the day, even was a um, journalist with him uh, way back when it was like six, seven years ago when we were covering Counter Strike events. So, you know, he's he's done a done a great job here. He's picked up a team that has a lot of potential, but mm. I think given the situation, Wolves come in, they just got an org. They can't believe that they actually made it to the event. So maybe it's possible that now that they don't have to worry about their their livelihoods, mm. that they would be able to focus a bit more. It's pressure's off, isn't it? You know, without being too sort of ruthless about it, you know, you've been picked up. Fantastic. The org is going to get represented at the major. Win-win for everybody. And as a team, you've proved yourself, you've done the hard work, you've you've put yourselves in a position where you are hireable almost, which is essentially what this is. Mm-hmm. And you can now just look to build forward and go, right, phew, got that one out of the way. Let's take this experience, build as a team. Again, you know, you've got players like Mowgli that are brand new to Alan and stuff like this. So at, at least at this sort of level. So you're going to be going, yep. That's 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 good enough for us. Happy with that. Let's focus on stage two now and really start to make a bit of a name for ourselves because you know it, they're that team, aren't they? And again, we you know we talk about journeyman teams. They, I don't think that Wolves have ever particularly impressed me with the style of siege that they play. I think it is just you know it's pretty bread and butter stuff. It, it's classic EU siege. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yes, demo. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. Well, I just don't think I've ever watched Wolves uh, for all you know the different organizations they've been on. Because there's been a few a few orgs that this kind of core has been through, and uh, I don't think I've ever sat down once and thought, "Wow, they are that team." Mm-hmm. That's never really struck me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've had that with with other teams in EU, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever felt that from this team. Well, on from Wolves to a team that I think for a lot of people came out of nowhere. Uh, we were chatting with Jesse about all of this over the past week. Of course, our NAL colleague, and he's saying, you know what, Astralis, they really started <laughs> picking up steam by the end of last year, but nobody expected them to go this hard. And mm. here they are. 
Iconic comes in, plays incredibly well with the squad. Obviously, we talk about Iconic because he is the loud one. <laughs> you know, it it's just you feel the energy. He it really is the the the, the energy Vengeance. is there. Absolutely love it. And the man has gone through so much with this incredible squad that for many people, like I said, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they got to a grand final that was incredibly competitive between both teams, Dark Zero and Astralis. At any point in time, it could have swung to Astralis' side. So th- this team topped their group. I mean, tied with BDS. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they went up against BDS in day one, smashed them 7-2, granted... Later on and come day three. BDS on the reverse, yeah. BDS on the reverse, exactly <laughs> seven two. So you could see that these two teams are very equal. Astralis, mm-hmm. they're the young bloods. They're going up against if there's any team that you would consider the uh, kind of the old guard, it's BDS. This is the old guard kind of in, in form and in shape and still somehow swinging and doing work. And they're giving them a run for their money. They're beating them. They're going deeper than they did in the tournament, which means that if you've been here sitting, collecting, you know, paychecks for the past few years and siege, whatever, watch out. There's always some younger player that is just better than you. It's going to come in, swing at your spot and do better than you. Probably. I think that's what NA have done really well at as well is you think back to maybe two years ago, maybe a little bit longer and it always felt like, obviously, Seed was a lot smaller than in terms of, you know, the popularity, the size of events we were having and all this sort of stuff. But it just felt like NA was a bit a bit exclusive to sort of get into. And I think that the teams and the sort of competition suffered as a result. You know, we had that sort of reign of G2 and Penta dominance. And it was like NA were just nowhere to be seen sort of thing. And we were, it, it was it was great, mm. great time to be an EU yeah. fan. Um and I think part of that was like a almost a lack in talent sort of thing and, and a lack mm-hmm. of players on the up and up. And now you look at NA and I feel like they've got so many young prospects and teams that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have expected or even seen. You know, you look toward Exet, ton of Brazilians on the side. You wouldn't have seen that a couple of years ago because it was all NA. Um, and now people are sort of migrating into different roles. You've got people going into sort of analyst, coach, co- you know, all the org side roles and all this sort of stuff. And it's just sort of spreading it out a little bit, letting room for the new trees to grow. True. And I think that Astralis and, you know, you can talk about iconic, um, fantastic showing, you know, for, for such a big stage and the pressure of playing at home as well when you know that the crowd is going to be either really on your side or really not on your side mm. is uh, is always something to weigh into it as well. I think he did fantastically. There was a clutch that Forrest got um, and I, it was in the finals and I was, at my, never has my flabber been more gasted than that moment. <laughs> Incredible player. Um, J90, fantastic as well. He's just, yes. you know, all, all round really, really good performance. And I think a nice surprise as well. It's always nice to see teams that we don't watch every week. I don't watch NA every single week. I'll dip in here and there whenever I'm awake at, you know, a, a mm-hmm. stupid hour. But it's just great to see. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy for Shuttle. I know like, people don't usually talk about Shuttle in Astralis. It doesn't really, you know, come up in conversation, at least from what I've seen. But Shuttle has been around for ages mm-hmm. in competition from from my days. Like, you know, he's he's almost 23. He'll turn 23 very soon. He basically started playing the moment he, he turned 18. So those were in my days playing with what was rogue in the day. And mm-hmm. he's been 
he's been always pretty consistently you know, playing well. He's been doing well. And now he's getting further than he did in the past. The man has a lot of promise. And this is just, it's just great to see these sorts of players that finally get the recognition and the, um, the positions and tournaments that I always believe that they deserved. And here is now the squad really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you think back to, to a couple of years ago, whenever NA, it was two teams. It was evil geniuses at the time. And it was that rogue roster. Those were the two that we seen just come in was there. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe cloud nine, back then maybe would have got a shout, but it was only ever just evil geniuses in Rogue for a long time for NA. Mm-hmm. And now you look at the pool of talent that NA has. You think about the four teams that went to this event, all great teams. Think yeah. of the teams that weren't even here, that were left behind. No Sonics, after what they did at SI. No SSG. You think about how consistent that roster is. Literally the team that DSM. won the whole tournament. They weren't, even, they weren't there in NAL even. It's, it's, it's crazy to look at. You think about who they've left out and... Yeah, this this organized this 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 region, the, the, these orgs that, that have came in and that you know they've invested in the, in these young talents, it's working out oh so well. Exit. Mm. Think of the roster they've just built. True. Apart from really Kino and and Yoga, there isn't really any experience on that mm. roster. You've got Spirits. You, you know, we see him at SI, Parabellum, of course, and you've got the two Brazilians there. It's 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 insane to see what Exit has went on to do. Astralis. Mm-hmm. Some of those players, DP Fire, never heard of him until until recently. Um, you figure Jane, I know, I know he was with that kind of struck core, wasn't he? Whenever Jane, I know, NJR, people were kind of talking about that duo for a while. Iconic, who was in the Sonics roster for a while, didn't work out for him. How does he bounce back? <laughs> Blows him out of the water with what he's been able to do. Uh, Shuttle, you said, oh, God, just <sighs> Forrest, like, what, what a team, what a roster. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching them play Siege. And you know the, the energy they've brought, the hype that they've brought. I love their their style of siege. They're very fast. They're, they're my kind of team because they remind me a little bit of FaZe. And all he knows is I can sit here with FaZe all day. It's they're a team. If they see an opening, they'll take it. That's the kind of siege I like. Is teams who are who are adapt who are adaptive and also uh, teams who, who always want to try and look for something. Those are my favorite types of uh, types of teams and my favorite style of siege. So seeing a team like that, just it, they just took to me instantly so yeah very very impressed with Astralis. shout out to the na talent scouts by the way because they are doing an incredible job pay them more because they're really finding the gems out there whoever whoever you are out there that is finding this this talent in north america you're doing a great job can you lend us a hand in europe we would love to have a bit of that because europe is going through what na went through when europe was on top but you know what um, it's it's a great time. We we didn't even like touch on Pamba Zoo, for example. Like Pamba, incredible yeah. player. Haven't touched the newers either. True, true. I NJR did great. Hyper is a player that played for ages, and mm. he's still yeah. on top. Mm-hmm. The man just mm-hmm. doesn't stop. Yeah, that DZ team has turned into TSM very much. Like you've got the the two players who are supporting that being Canadian and an Eclipse, and then you've got the three Gunners. You've got Pamba. You've got Hyper. And of course, NGR. You know those three. Me and Ollie have, have talked about this team in depth. And if those three are showing up, DZ stump. And what happens, what happens next? Next major, you know, X. Like now, this has all been shuffled up very quickly to, yeah. to move on to kind of the new changes that we have in the game upcoming. But this is kind of shaking things up globally in preparation for stage two and the summer major. 
I wouldn't even be worried about the major. I'd be worried about the stages. I'd be worried about stage two for each region because all of the teams that we've been speaking about today are going to now go home. Like you say, they're going to have a couple of weeks off and then stage two is going to start in the next month. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they're going to be playing once again. Now they've just played an event. They've had a bit of a break. The teams that haven't made it to the event have likely been grinding. Great point. Great point. Or they've already had their break. Mm -hmm. And they're going to start about now absolutely smashing it mm-hmm. in anticipation of what's to yeah. come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stage two for me is even more exciting given that we've got two new operators coming in again. This is the first time this has happened oh, yes. in just so, so long where we've had, it's literally seen an operator only a handful of days ago. And all of a sudden it's like, yep, you want sends bang in the game available to play. Since... Lion and Finker. Well, th- that's it. Isn't Wasn't it? No, it would have been... Chimera? Would not have been Grim Sky with Clash yeah. and Maverick? Or no, it would have been Nomad and Kaid. Would, would they? Them two would have been adding. So that was last time we had the double operators. No, 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 we're not saying that. We're saying when you've when you've literally seen the reveal on the Sunday, yeah, and then and on allowed. the Tuesday it's on the TTS, oh, oh, and I then see the stage mean. starts yeah. in a couple of weeks. I thought you were talking about just having Maestro, two operators. No, added no, Maestro and Alibi were added immediately into competition as they were in. And that was the last time because at that point we started having the, the lion. With lion. Yeah. And he was taken out of rotation and basically I prompted Ubisoft to step in and say, okay, we're going to add the quarantine, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to new mm-hmm. operators. That actually is perfect because that's our next topic before we, you know, as we get ready for more segments that we have on for today, uh, the, the recap of a lot of the changes first up, um, like you said, in terms of competitive play, now we got, you know, full operators the moment they're shown on the screen you see you're going to see them being played competitively for the stage coming right after the moment they're released that is it Uh, some minor stuff that are added into the game but i'm sure will make uh, the lives for observers and players a bit easier which is normally you request a timeout and it's up to you know the for for the team to like type into the chat and that has caused some issues obviously over the past few months i think it's quite clear uh, but now you'll be able to directly request a timeout in-game in your customs. So if you have your observer, you can play as a player, as a team. You just press your escape key and you put in request timeout. And the moment that's in, it's immediately recorded. So nobody can turn on and say, oh, it was exactly the second or whatever. It's just seen in-game and that's it. So I'm very happy that those things are mm. in. Streamlines it. Streamlines, Streamlines it. it. Yeah. it mm. Incredibly. Now, since is being added as our operator, of course, our Belgian operator into the game this is our second segment by the way just to let everybody know it's time for the r6 cap the the recap kind of the the changes that are coming to the game in general but also to esports so again sense added in uh all the viper players out there from valorant are gonna step in and say yo this is this is great i what I, i don't even know what that is the, the English, Milosh. English. Senses, uh, what, what do you think I speak? I don't know. English people don't even speak English. Let's be honest. So sense added into the game, which TTS literally has been released four hours ago um, because of when we're recording this. So by the time this is out, it would have been a few days. And it's it's great to see the operator. New gun being added low damage 50 rounds in the magazine also holograms and the way that they deploy and interact with so many things i'm i'm loving it i'm i'm really a fan of this 
I, I looked at the operator and I already have got about a million different things in my head about how you know they can be used. Um, you, you look at the gadget, I automatically think just cutting off two doors at once, which typically for a lot... This, this is going to be an execute-orientated operator. We yes. know that. Similar to Support. what I think we've seen from, from Ying, isn't it? That's, that was the last, I think, big operator that we've seen rely on. Final few seconds, toss in utility. So I think yeah. this is very along the same lines. The biggest thing this does is I see big, long, open areas. This is going to be perfect. Smoke grenades are good, but they don't cover everything. We know that. This gadget, however, can do so. It has a mm -hmm. very long area of a reach. Um, one thing, go for a simple one. Think of Clubhouse. You think of a top floor defense on cash. Being able to smoke off not only the red door that leads into the red stairs, but also the radio door that leads on the cash. You can smoke off both of them with one projectile. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as was you know back then, like, as it is now, trying to get both of those doors smoked off is a little bit tricky because then you have to try and peek one, peek the other. You can get shot, whatever it is. This operator makes that so much easier. So I can see a lot of valuable ways that, that people start to try and figure out with this operator. And yeah, I'm excited to see how they'll do. I like the fact that we're getting this at the same time as Azamian as well, oh, because yes. I feel like there's a lot of synergy there in terms of the Azami blocking up drone holes, little windows that, you know, Maverick Hall gets made, bang the Azami onto it and just stop that sort of execute from happening. Um, I always go in with an open mind. I think I've, I've followed far too many updates at this point to sort of prejudge and, and already make a decision about it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I wasn't the biggest fan when I saw it, I'll be honest. As soon as it was explained that it didn't damage you at all, and as soon as we saw an attacker walk through it, mm -hmm. I was a little bit more for it because obviously not damaging anything is a good thing. Like we don't just want to replace toxic babes. And equally, I liked the fact that it felt like you couldn't see your hand in front of your face as an attacker if you were in it which is really cool because it's yep. not like you're going to sneak through and then be able to act on it. Now, obviously, yellow pings are a thing and that needs to be taken into consideration a little bit. Um, you know, you could just, this this is going to work both ways, essentially. And if the defenders have more info uh, or the attackers have more info, you know, one mm -hmm. of them is going to come out on top. Could be the return of a bit more of a shield meta if we see a bit more Monty play, you know, if we start thinking toward these more execute-based setups where you are going to bring, um, you know, this, this sort of, this, this curtain, if you will. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, I don't, I don't know its name yet. What is it, the, the hologram? Don't tell me we're not called it the curtain. What, what, what's the, what's the no. I don't know what the official name is yet. I, I don't even know for me. I'm just going to call it the Iron Curtain. Um, yeah, sounds good. That's how it's uh, going to go. One thing that the, I like, The Milash. curtain wall. Yeah, Mr. Gorbachev, what do you want to say? <laughs> one thing that I really liked is the fact that if you imagine a sort of LED strip light, the way that it works is there's like a hologram every half a meter or so. Yeah, so it, drops, you can it drops projectors, basically. Yeah, so you can you can impact one of those. You can't shoot it. You can impact it or C4 it or just explode it in any way or the attackers can do the same. And you can essentially create a door in the in the wall, which I really liked. I thought that was a nice little, a nice little edge that you didn't have to deal with the whole thing. Yeah. You could just choose to deal with certain sections of it. Exactly. And I think that the attackers in time will deal with or will use that to their advantage as well. Yeah, I mean, what as this is this is why it's it's one of one of the most like kind of balanced thing. Obviously, we we haven't like seen it yet. This is just off of looks. We, but looking at it, the the way that you're able to interact with it when 
you know, like you say, attackers, defenders, they both can destroy bits of it. You can also, as a defender, you know, finally we get to see impacts being used for something other than, hey, maybe I'll do some chip damage against the person by chucking it, you know, at a side of a of a wall. So it's it's good to see this sort of interaction, uh, but also it's inadvertently, well, not inadvertently, it's done on purpose, but like Warden getting an extra buff to him now mm. that he's able to see through all of those shenanigans. Mm. Holograms do not impact him. He's able to see through them just like it does with flashes or all of that. So good for all the Warden players out there. You'll mm. be able to deal with it. And all like you said, all two, all two of them, but those two, they probably have a pretty high wind delta. I'll tell you that. They mean a lot. They, they do mean a lot. We appreciate you all two Warden players out there. And on top of all of this, like you said, Azami being added into competitive. Mm. I mean, look, Azami is a game changer in so many ways. So I can't wait to see how she actually kind of drops in. Mm. The big thing about Siege is being able to destroy and mold the site and the map to your liking. And now you have an extra layer where you can actually build up. I won't mm. take Castle into it or adding shields or whatever. This is literally any way you like, you can do it with her kunais. Mm. Yeah, I think Azami is going to be good for just cutting off sight lines. I think that's like the main thing that at the moment I'm hearing from from pro play. That's where it's good for. Um, it's I don't think she's going to be played like every round. I don't think she's going to be that much of like a game changer because keep in mind, getting rid of them still quite easy. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the times, if you're like blocking up a doorway, you can just punch it. It's going to be quite easy to get rid of it. Yep. Um, it's going to be good to still burn up a bit of utility. You know, yeah. some be using some Sophia impacts or nays, whatever it is that you need to use. Um, I think she'll still have her place. I just don't think it'll be as as big as what I think during the initial reveal that everyone was like, oh my God, this all, oh my, you know, the whole always hype like around that, it. It's always like that. So I think I think she'll just be in yeah. a good spot. I think. The, thing, the thing I really like about this time in the we got sense coming straight away is that there is no like secretive like, oh, is anyone hearing like how teams are scrimming with the new new operator mm, and all this sort of- We're just going to see it. Like we're either yep. going to see it or we're not. You know, it's going to get banned out and then we can go, oh, it's probably quite good. Or, you know, it's going to get played. And then we're going to see other things come through. It's important that we get that instant. And it's it's harder work for the devs almost because they've got to react a lot quicker now because typically it, yeah, they were working is. like three months behind on the new operator with comp in mind. Obviously, with regular play, it was different. But with comp in mind, they were working three months behind. Now they're working almost three months ahead, mm -hmm. even more than what they already were. To, to make sure that these things are working and stuff. So for me, I just, it, it takes you back to that exciting time of Siege where it's like, the reason I love this game is because the game I can load up and play whenever I want is the game that I watch. Exactly. And that is what brought me to Siege. And it is what will always have brought me to Siege. That is the only reason I started playing this game is because I could watch Pro League and then I could play ranked and it was basically the same. In terms of and anything that you have access to, yeah. In terms of settings and, yeah. and, and guns and what I've got access to, yes. Yeah, I, um, you know, I could play secure area if I wanted to, but if I wanted to play diffuse, I could I could play bomb and I could literally just play this game. Yeah. And I think that it's important we keep that as as one-to-one -one as possible. Obviously, going to seven isn't ideal because it's too much time for people yeah. that want to play casually, mm -hmm. but I think that it, it's a it's a huge step. Well, new things, more steps that are, you know, items and things that are being added into the game. Uh, shooting range, and actually, mm -hmm. from what we've seen, um, again, someone who also plays Valorant, it's it's good to see the shooting range being added in. Uh, all operators are unlocked for everybody, even if you don't own the operators, they're all unlocked for you, so you can come in and try them out. 
thank mm-hmm. God. That's that's something that I think uh, stopped a lot of players from like kind of exploring new operators and what to do mm-hmm. with them. You know, how many times you just see people asking you, oh, I have, I, I saved up, I banked up so many, so much renown. I don't know which operator to get. What do you recommend? Mm-hmm. You're like, just hop in now into the shooting mm-hmm. range and yeah, try things out yeah. and see what you think. No more me asking, oh, could you play a software? Oh, uh, don't have them. Test them. You yeah. know, you'd have them because they're so good. Yeah. yeah. I, I can finally buy Finker and try this LMG. Stop. Which right doesn't, right now. which doesn't come just yet. They have made announcements saying that LMGs are going to be nerfed, but not not yet. We just okay. have to hold on for a let's, bit longer. Let's hope for the best. Um, <laughs> also, for new players coming in, we have an operator guide, uh, which is something that, for example, uh, Overwatch players, also Valorant players know you can just clip, click a button on your keyboard or you know on your console, and then you can just open up a sheet that shows you this is in-game. Um, you, know, it, you don't have to be in the menus or anything for it. And you can just take a look. What does this button do? What does this ability look like? You got a video to kind of show you what it's like. You know, show, don't tell. That's the most important thing in this sort of way. And that will kind of open up a lot of barriers that were set in front of uh, players because you know, competitive games like Siege, they have very high barrier to entry just off the fact that they are competitive games. So I'm very happy. This is something that will democratize the game to more mm. people, hopefully, Bring people back, and speaking of which, if you are someone that owns the game and is playing in year seven, and you got some friends that you want to bring in that haven't played in the year, no problem. You can bring them in, and if you got your full stack, you're all playing together, you got you get rewards uh, for bringing them in. They get them too, and if they went with their own friends on the other side that haven't played themselves, and they're like, oh, you know, I played Siege with my buddy Jared. Uh, last week do you want to kind of jump in george and we can play together or the whole crew and you can do that and get more things for yourself rewarding players for just coming in coming back because the game has changed so much since so many players might have kind of not played in year four year five until today this is the perfect time to step back into the game because it has changed for the better in so many ways and I'm very happy about it. Also, with TDM being added, it's another way to mm-hmm. kind of warm up and get yourself good into warm it. up. Really, really good. Yep, close quarters uh, added to the rotation, which is a TDM only map. Um, we saw the development team talking about it uh, also in their video, saying, "Yo, this is you know, there's there's destroy destructible walls, the whole shebang." So you are supposed to engage with the environment and prepping you for it. So I'm very happy. I hope there'll be more of this. In the future, uh, new narrative stuff that are added into Siege, identity, privacy, more things like that. For example, the streamer mode and all that added in. Uh, that does not impact, though, the ability of the anti-cheat to find you. So don't worry about it or for people to report to you if you have done something naughty in the game. Um, also, if there are people and you know cheaters, obviously, that abuse uh, friendly fire and reverse friendly fire, uh, now there's multi-match punishment, like 20, 30 games uh, of automatic reverse friendly fire added to you if you start abusing the system, which is awesome. Uh, match cancellation as a system has had an overhaul and a change. And even the dev team themselves said, we're going to change this over time. Here's a kind of 2.0 change of it. More will be done in the future. So give your feedback on it. Um, also, two big things. And... I don't know if it slipped under people's radars, but first, secondary weapons 
re-added to operators that, for example, gained the GON-6, but they lost a gun before. Now they have two secondaries and a GON-6, just in case you don't want it. And very important, the option to reduce and or remove screen shake completely. That, oh my God, thank God. When I saw that, I was over the moon. That is so good, finally. For a competitive mm. game, this is exactly what we needed. Yeah, pro players are absolutely buzzing. Absolutely buzzing with that change. So uh, it's... Oh, do we need to say more? It's just, I think everyone has experienced it. Everyone, I'm sure, who's played Siege has at one point tried to kill somebody and then bang, a fuse charge, bang, 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 bang explosion. What, what can you do? So everyone knows it's going to be good. So you, you, you can't complain. If you want to be realistic, it's there for you. But if you you know want to win your gunfights as they refuse your team, yeah. then uh, it's a no-brainer. I have nothing left to say. <laughs> You're just oh, happy. It's, it's also, screen happy. shake. Like I just don't want to see it complained about ever again at this point. Just turn it You know, it's it's the, the questions have been answered. It's off. Mm-hmm. Put it to bed. If you miss right. your shots now, you missed your shots. No, you just bad. No yeah. Uh, also, the Glass got a bit of a change, which you didn't see it coming. Glass now free speed. That's we've true. seen before. We've seen before that free speeds can absolutely ruin this game. Just one little change of free speed, they can be crucial and. Glaz is is a decent operator in my yeah. opinion, and now I think he's gotten even better because yes, the DMR is going to be a little bit clunky to use. Still good, still decent. Just hit your shots, forehead, easy. Yeah. He also gets a bearing nine as his secondary. Iron curtain, Glaz three speed bearing nine. Like, like having the bearing nine, I the think known is just has taken him up yeah. up a tier hundred percent. Just having that SMG is you know sure DMR is nice and all, but then just. Going with the bearing is sometimes as good as like an SMG in defense. You know, it's very, very yeah. good. It's comparable to something like a Roni or something, isn't it? You know, it's, in terms of nice. mag count yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. It's not too different. So, so yeah. Keep your eyes I, on Glass, honestly. Keep your eyes on him. Yeah. Flank watches, in my opinion, it's, it's not really the time or place for a three speed, typically. You don't want them to be able to make that adjustment quickly. And that was one of the arguments for, for Ash ACOG was that mm-hmm. you could watch flank because of your utility, it was, you know, burn or whatever. And then you could use the ACOG and then you could still get into the fight quickly. So just got to think about that a little bit and see how it goes. Of course, a lot of this will depend on the map because I'll be honest with you, I've been hearing glass is good for the past three years. It's um, going to be a nightmare in Clubhouse. Absolute nightmare. Honestly, for honestly, show me. I'm ready for a meta change. I, I need to see it. And this is the perfect time to have these changes because there was there will be so much that was mm. thrown at you, you know, between Rooney and Sense, and you have operator changes and such like the glass, for example. And now, all right, throw it all in, see what we get. Uh-huh. This is what um, I need to see. And we have Warden. So we there is an operator that can all this, everyone knows Ying Ying Glass better back in 2018. Warden wasn't around. Yeah, Warden around, gets played so like quite quite a bit in I, those maps and the situation. His pick rate's gonna go up. His pick rate's gonna go up 100. So yeah, see how it goes. I'm hopeful. Happy about it. So who do you think is gonna abuse our our new operators most? You know, we got Sense, we got Aruni. You think? You think mm-hmm. gonna warm up to? Uh, sorry, Aruni Azami. Do you think some regions gonna abuse it more than another? Maybe will Latam actually like? learn yeah, how I'm, to use ops very quickly i'm trying to think about who the typical like early adopters are because you know whenever anything comes out there's always players or teams that sort of gravitate but i don't think there's any like one team that you could say that would always phase. you know look to just play new stuff I, apart I, from phase but i mean that mm-hmm. 
demo, we both know that they just close their eyes when it's operator pick time and they just go, <laughs> that'll do. Like, they don't care. Thing is, with six pick, you don't really need to care anymore. The mm-hmm. set or seventh pick or whatever the heck we're calling it, the fact that you can repick during the rounds an attacker. It's um I, I believe that we're approaching an attacker sided siege. I'll be honest with you. We've been on that trajectory for the past few months. We are so. seriously on on a not not a dangerous path, but we are on a path to attack a sided siege. I saw a tweet. I'm so I don't you know it's not necessarily a statistic, but the tweet was along the lines of there was basically one round difference in the major between how many attacking rounds were won and how many defending rounds were won. And the, the 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 one that had the more it was basically fifty yeah. fifty in in a large sample size that's, like that. That's events how they are in general. Actually, they always go fifty yeah. fifty. And uh, I mean that says a lot for how much teams bring to events, but it also says a lot considering where we were two years. Well, I don't know, year ago, eighteen months ago, year, maybe. No, yeah, even a year ago. Yeah, year mm-hmm. ago where it was just a, a utility soak meta, and there was just maps where you were just expecting five one halves, four mm-hmm. two halves. Mm-hmm. It was the norm for the defenders. So with these changes, yeah, probably time for the defenders to get a little bit of love next time and maybe a couple of bands thrown in as well. I think there's a lot of teams out there that love an extra couple of bands. Mm, speaking of things that uh, some people absolutely love, we're talking about you know people coming back into the game. There's been a lot of collaborations that the game or Rainbow Six has done with uh, you know other games like Gris, for example, beautiful game that you know has skin in it for the CZ301, 3A1, the Scorpion Evo that uh, Ella uses. Uh, you also have, you know, um, um, as a uh, Casa de Papel that was added, you know, uh, with with skins for, uh, you know, Habana and for Vigil. Rick and Morty, in the my past. favorite. Rick and Morty, you know, if you got to have 200 IQ at least to understand those skins. But we, we got, you know, big collaborations. We got collaborations also with great Japanese artists that uh, and also uh, Rainbow Six artists or people that are endemic, more endemic to Rainbow Six that have had skins added. Now, for all the uh, JRPG fans out there, they're getting Yakuza scan skin in the game or a set of skins. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it. I personally have not played Yakuza, but I do own a few of the games. My brother is a huge Yakuza fan. So when I texted him and told him, Yo, by the way, Rainbow Six is adding Yakuza uh, skins. Uh, Hibana and Echo are getting character skins, basically, in Rainbow Six. He's like, yo, that is actually really sick. Uh, you know, you get the vibe of, I might actually reinstall the game to to just check this out. Which but are they as good as a pickle? <laughs> what? Okay. Tangent. Tangent, because we love those. Do you have a favorite type of pickle? I don't eat pickles. What? Not the piccolo. <laughs> Is that what you call them? Piccolos? Demo Holy. loves the, the pickle Rick skins. That's true. I love all of them. I love all they're of one them. of the few green-lighted, non-pro-league-approved skins that are actually allowed in the Staff Hub. But Staff Hub has rules the, like that, too. Staff Hub's been terrorized for those well, skins. It just, it just takes the typical rules for skins and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Demo stood there with, like, Pickle Rick on his head. <laughs> and then he's, he's like, he usually likes to cry at people that slam him if they're wearing, like, a Wimbastian glove or something oh, like that. no. Um, no, but they're the worst kind of... That's so, true. How good is Fresh at the Hub? Because he always says he's really good. Um, 
I can I can check for you. Really Fresh quick. is Fresh is pretty good at siege, to be fair to him. But I tell yeah. you what, me and Fresh yeah. are an absolute diamond duo. Are you? We have never lost a duo game. How many? Have where you we've played? just queued together. Quite a few. Quite a few. It's not like we've played one and just said, "Ah, we'll we'll, we'll dine out on that stat right? for the rest of so, our life." We've so, genuinely got hundred percent. So we've had two hundred and seventeen people uh, yeah. play inside the hub. Yeah. Um, all-time leaderboard. He is currently ranked two hundred and fourteenth. How many? Fresh are in doesn't. There? There's two hundred and seventeenth. He's two hundred and fourteenth. Okay. My two hundred and fifteenth. No, I don't even know where you are. <laughs> That's crazy. So Fresh's problem starts when he plays in a team. Because he's got obviously got a very analytical mind, he's got a good experience, he's got he's got a really, really strong idea about how he wants this game to not even be played, but how he wants the game to like look. Yeah, yeah. How is it supposed to be played? He wants it to look a certain way, as well as win, as well as everyone gets on, as well as like he ends up the superstar. So he's a bit of a nightmare in in a stack, I'll be honest with you. I I get a bit toxic. I, I oh, don't. No, yeah. I don't blame Fresh. That hub does things to people. I think I've lost two inches in my in my hairline. Let's um, let's be so honest though. Let's be honest. Fresh literally will get on and play ranky till four in the morning every single oh, night. Oh, so yeah. whose yeah. who's fault mm-hmm. is it at the end? Oh, he does it to himself. He <laughs> does it to himself. I, to be honest, Milosh, I'm not sure that Fresh is going to be on by the time this show comes out. I reckon he'll, he'll still, still be in an, an airport he's lounge still stuck somewhere. In Charlotte, isn't he? He'll just be in an airport lounge just somewhere. Oh my god! See, this is. It, it took him how long to get to to the US? It's gonna he's gonna spend as much time just traveling back to the UK as it as he actually spent working in Charlotte. He's getting the heroic treatment. That's what he's getting. Oh my! That's I, I, actually already it's way worse. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just glad that they're being taken care of. Uh, I'm sure our usual wonderful talent manager, as you guys know, Kinga, uh, has been taking care of the team and making sure. Uh, everybody's got what they need so yeah kudos to to the people that really make it happen because if it weren't for the managers and the you know talent managers people that you know deal with our shit no two ways around it uh we we wouldn't be able to perform to the best of our abilities 99 percent of the time the only thing that any or any of us do when anything goes wrong is send one whatsapp message and then post about it on twitter and then we wait and the problem's fixed and that's it. You just move on. Yes. So hey, Kinga, uh, can you get me some chalky milk and X just gets a chalky milk and Yeah, minutes. like don't joke. Hey, don't joke hey, about Kinga, things like could that. Could I get a can of Coke? Oh, here's a six pack. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. So I'm 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 very happy. I hope that Fresh and the rest actually get to make it because apparently Hap did make it to the Netherlands. So kudos. Uh that's that's one part done. And um, I think this is kind of a good spot for us to um, call it a first half. Um, we we really got a lot to talk about, and I'm glad that we got to spend so much time actually talking about uh, you know the major. And honestly, if you would leave us here for the next six hours, we would still be here talking about every single detail. But you know, there's not enough time in the world to discuss the the I guess fallout from major events like this. This is what um, this is what you know. EU League and A League is is all about, and you'll be seeing all this talked about over the next few weeks as hopefully we prepare ourselves for stage two. For all those that are joining us right now, uh, thank you so much for watching. This is only the first set of two uh, halves of this episode. 
X demo. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about some pretty important stuff. Uh, not gonna lie about it. The entire Six Charlotte Major and Operation Vector Glare and what is coming with it all. Thanks again to our sponsor, Predator Gaming, that make it all happen. Hopefully, you'll be seeing us in the studio very soon talking about it. Gents, I'd love to see you in the studio one day for a big recording day. So, hey, who knows? Putting it up in the air. Thank you so much. Let's get ready for our interview. That was Esports News and the R6 cap we got on the CCTV and Reddit droning coming up in the second half. So don't go anywhere. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.